If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. afternoon and welcome in game live on sports grid as you can see my lovely green screen in the background we'll fix that in a second here uh you gotta love major league baseball today there are 17 games in baseball 17 yet none start before four o'clock i mean come on that, that's criminal that's just criminal how can you not have a one o'clock game here I mean, really, how can you not have games at one o'clock i'll never understand that with baseball i sort of un- i i i get it when it's a normal season, numbers will tell you more fans come to games late afternoon, early evening. That's when fans show up. So I understand that. But this is 2020, pandemic central. There are no fans at games here. So why not have games in the afternoon? Uh, you know, someone's brought up on my Twitter account a couple of times. Why does it the why does it make the baseball, you know, format after the NFL does? Have games at one, four, seven, West Coast, nine. You know, I have games all day just, you know, dominate the landscape here. Truly don't understand that, especially with college football not yet taking off either. So uh, just weird to me. Like I said, 17 games, but none uh, at uh, 1 o'clock here. First game's at 4 o'clock uh, this afternoon. And listen, Kevin and I, are gonna, we're going to cover all the games. You know, we're going to go through all 17 baseball games. We have game seven, Islanders Flyers in the NHL tonight. I am an Islander fan. Uh, I'm sure I'm not going to take this game very well as the Islanders are trying to choke uh, a 3-1 series lead. They've lost all three games in overtime. Think about that. They've lost all three games. They're tied 3-3. They lost all three games in overtime. So that that's hard to do. But, uh, you know, the Islanders are managing to do it. Thank you so much there. So uh, we'll see that game's at uh, 7.30, I believe, tonight. Uh, the NFL today's cut-down day. Sort of a sad day. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of guys being cut here. Let me the Patriots cut Lamar Miller. Uh, that was <laughs> They may be cutting him so they could sign him. 
uh, to a, a non-guaranteed contract in a week. Maybe that's the case there. But Lamar Miller is gone. Uh, Jadavian Clowney has switched agents, which I find interesting because we know that the Titans and the Saints are going all out to try and sign him. And now he's switching agents. Why? You know, why is that? Is he, does he still feel he's not getting the money he deserves? I find that a little strange here, seeing as though that, you know, you're not an elite pass rusher. And only elite pass rushers get paid. Yeah, his numbers tell you he's not, that he has big games, but overall he's a more wrong, he's a better run player than actually he is against the pass. So with the salary cap situation for most teams, really, they're right at the number right now. We know the cap is more than likely going to go down next season. It might go down to as low as $175 million. It's close to $200 million now. No one's going to give him a three-, four-year deal. I just don't see not a good team. I can see maybe a, uh, an also-ran team might give him uh, that because you want to sign you know, a three-, four-year deal with a bad team. So I've, uh, we'll see what Clark Clattery's going to do. And I guess the big news today was Deshaun Watson signs a four-year $160 million contract, $111 million guaranteed. The kind of money I wouldn't mind getting, Kevin. <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it, George. Uh, I, I don't think many of us uh, would mind getting that kind of penny. Uh, it would obviously be very, very welcome. Yeah, you know, it's it's a real interesting day for uh, an edition of In-Game Live. Uh, I heard you at the beginning talking about Major League Baseball and the wildness that is their approach to Saturday scheduling. Um, but I think for you know these next three hours, what you and I will have the opportunity to do is you know, preview all of those baseball games, the, the big game tonight on the ice, a couple of games in the NBA. We will mix in some live coverage on uh, some college football that will be going on, although uh, far from any marquee matchup, Army-Middle Tennessee is your game of the day. Uh, which I think kind of speaks volumes to the slate uh, at hand. But I also think George will have the opportunity to, you know, get people set for the NFL uh, as it pertains to fantasy or player props or futures odds. I think that that's what we'll have the opportunity to do over these next three hours. Absolutely. We are, what, five days from the NFL season beginning. Five days, Thursday night, Houston, KC. I mean, uh it didn't feel real for a while because of what's going on here. There were no uh, preseason games, right? We didn't see that. We're not seeing any video from practice because that's all pretty much banned here. So it started to feel real. Started to feel real to me probably last weekend because we had our fantasy drafts, right? You had yours, I had mine, I had my home league on Thursday. So that's when it really started to hit. And now you realize with all these cuts that we're seeing today, right? I think it was 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. Eastern. It's cut down to 53. You see all these names. Lamar Miller's gone. Uh, other guys have went too. That's oh my god, the season is starting in five days. It's Thursday night. We got football here. Uh, Lord knows, son, Kevin, Sunday football is it? There's nothing like it for me. I mean, you wake up for me. I wake up around eight. I get to the gym, get my workout in early, and that's football. You're, you're reading news here. We're doing work. We got to do in the morning here. You got games at one, games at four. Then you get a quick break. You know that half hour. You get something to eat between seven thirty and, uh, and eight thirty before, or another game, the night game. So uh, I, I just love football. And the best thing about this job, Kevin, the best thing about this job, my wife can go, hey, my sister's having a party on Sunday, you know. Oh, sorry, honey. I can't go. I have to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're definitely lucky to be able to call this work. Um, 
Yeah, I think the, the, the thing, though, that you said at the beginning there is something that has still been difficult for me to process in that how close we truly are. I mean, the, I didn't realize that the NFL preseason, uh, the thing it was most important for was reminding us that football was nearby. Because uh, without it, you know, I was actually, you know, I was having a conversation with my mom the other day. My mom, I mean, look, in this house, she, she, watches, she watches plenty and plenty of sports. I was like, yeah, you know, football starts a week from today. That's, that was obviously on Thursday we were having that conversation. And he goes, what? Like, yeah, it was right around the corner. And it's like, because no, like nobody realizes. Like, and what I think is going to be really interesting, you know, George, though, is, you know, when we watch these week one games, do we come away and say to ourselves, okay, these players are not sharp. They're, they're not in shape. Do we come away and and say, oh, wow, the, the book didn't see this coming, but maybe I got an edge here because, you know, there's just less information out there. Like, I think that's the thing is, you know, week one feels like it, it's going to be where we're going to have to base a lot of our information off of. And while I'm saying that, I'm also aware, George, that a lot of people know that week two is a great week to be profitable in the NFL because of overreactions. I, I mean, we might have, you know, the next month of the NFL season where, it might feel like we're just guessing on a week-to-week basis. Kevin, I'm of the belief that the month of September is going to be a mess in football. Uh, I, I think we're going to have a, a lot of sloppy football. I think tackling is going to be interesting because they haven't had all that many padded practices. We know they didn't have minicamps. There was no rookie minicamp. There was no May minicamp. There was no June minicamp. Training camp has been truncated. right? So I think, it's going to, I think football in September is going to be ugly. You know, we're still going to love it, mind you, but it's going to be ugly football here. I think you're going to have, as a tackling will be iffy at best. We're going to have missed assignments. I think you're going to have receivers running wide open in the secondary. Hey, going, my God, there's nobody within 30 yards of me because, once again, these teams haven't had enough times to practice that. It's going to go the other way, too. I think you're going to have missed blitzes, and your quarterback's going to get drilled to the ground because, you know, hey, the running back failed to pick him up, or this guy didn't block this guy, or two, two offensive linemen blocked the same guy. And let another guy come free. I think we're going to have some ugly football for a while until things get really up to speed, which to me might be Halloween, mid-October, somewhere around there, before we see football as it's, uh, I guess, in its purest form, its true form this year. Yeah, it it will be fun, though. And and as this news comes in about, uh, you know, different guys that are cut will react to it and and see if, you know, how many of them, um, you know, are really shaking the block. I'll tell you one piece of news that that just came out that is a little weird. Um, The Jaguars are cutting both of their backups, Mike Glennon and Joshua Dobbs. So Gardner Minshew with a bullet. Then their backup is Jake Lutton from Oregon State for now. And George, I know we're coming up against the break, but is, is there a quarterback sat out there that comes to mind that the Jaguars might be clearing space for? Josh Rosen's out there. Uh, Cincinnati did okay. the same thing, by the way. They they cut a bunch of backup quarterbacks. Uh, you don't do this way. You don't have to guarantee their money. I think sign these guys later, and the contract's not guaranteed. But there are quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks out there. <laughs> so I think we've seen a couple of teams do this. Not all that surprised. And let's listen. When you bring up the Jaguars, they don't want to win this year. All right, they don't want to win this year at all. All right, this is the tank for Trevor. The lose for Lawrence. You know, they they want that number one pick. I mean, Minshew's a nice story, boys and girls. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a number one. He's fun to watch out there, Mr. Whatever, Jeans and Skull guy. But, uh, no, he, he's not the answer to their problems. 
Yeah, uh, good point there with that with Josh Rosen being available, who's had some start to his NFL career. But we're coming up against the break here. We're rolling on a, on an interesting episode of In Game Live. We'll come back for a lot more on the grid. Keep it here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome right back here to In Game Live on the Sports Grid Saturday edition. It'll be myself alongside George Kurtz up until 4 o'clock today. There's going to be a lot of games for us to get you guys set with, but we've also got a lot of news happening in the NFL. You know, we're talking about just how close we are uh, to the season, and um, obviously the, the cut day now um, kind of reminding people even more of that. George, I did see the one tweet that I mean, I think it's it's hard to argue, and it, and it it's more so disappointing. Um, you know, people kind of talking about how the the NFL and, and the Players Association didn't find a way to move the cut day up when you consider COVID protocols, and now you know a lot of these guys, even if they do find their rosters, are probably not going to be available for Week One. Well, you know what? I wonder if maybe yeah, you, know, you can't think of everything. You know, there are going to be things you yeah. forget in a situation like this. When it's the first night it's ever happened, right? So, because uh, I think if the NFL would have thought about it, yeah, they would have moved the date. You know, but I don't think you can, you can come through every situation. I mean, it's like playing in a fantasy league, Kev. 
Can you think of every uh, you know, every complication that might show up that you should put in on your constitution? Probably not. Yeah, we've been warning people for months now, as far as if you're playing the fantasy league, to make sure you have rules as far as if uh, the season ends after eight weeks, after 10 weeks. Then maybe you have to go to a points-based system. You better put this in your constitution. And there are other things you have yeah. to cover as well in this weird season. Same thing in real life and as far as the NFL. I'm just sure that nobody thought about it. You would hope they would have, but it didn't dawn on anybody to change the date. Yeah, and and that's true, right? It's, it's I, I make it less from a, ah, oh, I can't believe the NFL. More so, it's just that's just upsetting. Because, I mean, it impacts the teams negatively as well. You know, like, I don't think there's any way that the Chiefs or Texans could add anybody to their roster um, and see them be available for week one. I want to ask you about one cut specifically. Um, DeAndre Washington being cut from the Kansas City Chiefs. I've had a lot of back and forths with Dane on the early line about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and whether he's going to be the guy or not. And, uh, you know, we've gone again. We've gone back and forth on this. But I think one thing he was leaning on, and, you know, he leans closer to the no side of uh, Edwards-Alaire and, you know, where, say, his current ADP has moved him, George. And one thing is, you know, he'll always hear, well, DeAndre Washington went to Texas Tech with Pat Mahomes. And he's the odd man out. I mean, do you look at this as, you know, these other complementary backs stepping up? Or is this maybe even more of a sign that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the guy in Kansas City? Well, Clyde, CEH is definitely the guy. I mean, you're talking in fantasy leagues. People are going crazy about him. He's a, he's a top 10 player. And he's being drafted that. I mean, you're taking CMC, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, Cook. And then all of a sudden, Henry. I'll give you Henry who's probably gone over him in a uh, majority of leagues as well. But after that, he's right there. He is right there. So people believe. And when I say fancy, I mean these are expert leagues. People believe he's going to be dynamite. That's what we get it. It's Pat Mahomes. It's Tyreek Hill. He's never going to see an eight-man box. He's never going to see a safety within a mile of the line of scrimmage. <laughs> right? They have to back off. They can't let uh, Tyreek Hill go zoom, you know, and run by him. They can't do that. So I don't think uh, – I don't think this is a, it's a bad thing, what happened here. Now, once again, people realize these cuts, some of these cuts are because of guaranteed money, that they'll re-sign this guy, these guys a week later, and they'll be back on the roster here. So the, this is not really the final roster that's going on here. The final roster is really before week two. Sometimes you're just trying to save money here. But you look at the other uh, Chiefs. Uh, what's going to happen here as far as they're running back depth? I mean – it's not great by any means, and you can't be positive that Hilaire is going to, you know, be the, the end, uh, the be all, the end all. Darrell Williams, Darwin Thompson, they're solid guys here, but I was surprised that Washington. I was surprised he couldn't stick it as a, at least a backup here. It always makes me wonder. Also, was there something else going on that we don't know about? You know, something behind the scenes here. But it just may come down to the fact they wanted to save a little money and that he didn't distinguish himself that he was better than Williams and or Thompson or McGuire for that matter. Yeah, I, I think for for me, George, it's I, I I look reasonable people can disagree, but I just think Edwards Hilaire. I think it's I think it's more likely he's a top five running back than an RB two health permitting. That that's kind of how I see it. I think that offense is going to lead to such lucrative opportunity, and they didn't draft him in the first round by accident. Like they're you know like this team can manufacture running back production. They loved the talent, and I understood hesitations while Damian Williams was still there. I had them while Damian Williams was still there, but once he opted out, George, 
it was clear this was going to be Edwards Lair. And they've had plenty of opportunities to bring another back. And who knows? Maybe today they they bring a Lamar Miller in. But they clearly, you know, have not pushed the pedal to the metal as to bringing in your Devonta Freemans uh, or, you know, the Carlos Hydes of, or the Lamar Millers, the first go-around of the world. I, I think pretty convincingly, Edwards Hilaire is going to be getting the lion's share of these reps. I would agree. I would agree. Once again, Edwards Hilaire is a game-changer, where Williams and Thompson are, are Jags, just, just another guy. I think, uh, once again, <laughs> the reason they got CEH, running backs, we know in this day and age, they fall in the draft. Unless you're an all-world talent, Barkley, Elliott, you're going to fall in the draft. Because teams believe they're, for lack of a different phrase, a dime a dozen. They're easy to replace. Uh, they get hurt too often. Their career, their shelf life is short. You know, all this stuff this is why they have such a hard time getting contracts. Uh, so he's not. he wasn't the 28th best player in that draft. He was probably half that, the 10th, 15th yeah. best player, but he's a running back. He fell. So the Chiefs got a great player when they went at 30, what, 32. They got a great player, and they know they did. They got a guy who shouldn't be there at 32, but because of the position, he fell that far, and it was a position of need for them. I didn't have anybody great. Even Damian Williams isn't great. Probably should have been a Super Bowl MVP, but he wasn't great, right? So he's a solid player, but he's not gonna. He's not making anybody forget Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, Jim Brown, <laughs> or anybody <laughs> like that. I mean, he's, he's not. You know, it's not like they're crying this season because he uh, decided to opt out. You know, they'll be fine without him. And when CEH is staring staring at you there, you're looking at an instant upgrade. I mean, it's the rich just get richer here. Like I said, it's going to make this offense even better because, like I said, that's no joke. He's never going to see an eight-man box. He is never going to see the, either safety anywhere near the line of scrimmage. Very rarely will that happen here. And he, I think it's going to be a lot of big runs for Edward Solera. I agree. And you know what's interesting, though, George, kind of on this topic? Uh, the offensive rookie of the year market is one that's been intriguing to me um, throughout this offseason. I've long said that Joe Burrow was the pick because I just think the guaranteed production that he brings had made him the selection. Um, Then Damian Williams opted out, and I I can see the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire talk a bit more. Uh, Following behind those two would be Chua and then Jonathan Taylor, which has been the case the whole season. But now the fifth option on the board uh, is a result of another running back that was cut, which was Adrian Peterson, which now leads Antonio Gibson to have the fifth best odds to be the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Peterson getting cut yesterday was a surprise. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone saw that coming. He'd been having a solid camp by all reports. Now, once again, he, he's not the Hall of Famer he's going to be. He's, yeah, he's 35 years old, not that player anymore. But still, for them to release him was uh, a, a, a surprise. When Nothing happened there, just that, uh, as Ron Rivera said, they wanted to go in a different direction. They're going to have a different kind of offense, and I understand that. Peterson is more of your, your plotter at this point in his career, right? He's three yards in a cloud of dust. You're not going to get much more out of him. Not a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Still, when you turn, talk about offensive rookie of the year, we all know this is a, a quarterback league. For Burrow not to win this on a team that's going to win four games, be trailing in almost all games, he's going to throw the ball 35, 40 times, probably means he has to put up something like a, a 24, 25 interceptions, you know, have it's that kind of year and not be that player. Because he should have over 4,000 yards. And I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Because they're going to have to throw all day. All day they're going to have to throw. 
you know, this team is not still not all that good here. Quarterbacks are going to get all the publicity. It's the way it works in the NFL here. I don't see Gibson getting it. I don't. You know, I think he is a – now, when I say this, I don't mean this in a negative uh, way, but he's a gadget player, right? He could do many different things there, So, which is good for an offense. Obviously, if they, if they know – if they can learn how to use him correctly, it's good for an offense. And sometimes it takes a while for teams to learn how to use someone like a utility knight player correctly in all of his form here. He's not a between-the-tackles guy. Not 18, 20 times a game. He won't last. So uh, I'm curious to see uh, – I'm actually very curious to see how they're going to work this rotation here. Once again, I do wonder if they're going to pick up another traditional running back. You know, I don't think it'll be Peterson. I don't think they released him to resign him. I don't think he's coming back there. But is Peyton Barber going to be your that that guy? Really, Peyton Barber? So I wonder if their running back that they're going to pair with Gibson maybe isn't on the roster right now. You know. George, the Antonio Gibson thing, I'm trying to um, keep a level head, but I I think there's a world where he is absolutely spectacular. I think the tough thing for us is, you know, he only had the 30-some-odd carries in his collegiate career, but boy, were they fantastic. And the fact that he was listed as a running back on some boards and a wide receiver on other, just to me, is actually a positive. It shows that the skill set there is incredibly versatile. And then Adrian Peterson gave the comment that after he was released, uh, I don't remember which reporter, uh, might have been Josina Anderson, but the, saying that ah, they want to make Antonio Gibson their you know, do-it-all workhorse back. I mean, I don't think that he's, I think he's watching it in practice. I think he's watching them probably fall in love with Antonio Gibson. And uh, I, I think there is a world where he is absolutely sensational. Now, I don't know if that means he can get Rookie of the Year, but I will set this up to kind of where I want to go a little bit in, in our next segment, George, is that every year there's a team that catches everybody by surprise. There, you know, we don't see it coming. And at the end of the year, we're like, wow, you know, who would have saw this? But, ah, oh, but I kind of get it. And, you know, we, we try, right? We try and predict it. And, you know, you either hit a home run or you fall flat on your face, right? Because, you're talking about teams that are projected to be, you know, bottom eight of the league, and you're like, they're going to be great, and then they're bottom eight of the league. Washington has had my eye for some silly, silly reason for some time. And this team very well might be the worst team in football, but there are aspects of this team that I just can't get over. And I want to ask you about them. I want to ask you about the NFC East as a whole, because it's a division that both you and I know very, very well. And then I also want to see. If there is a team, uh, you know, a worst-to-first, uh, if you will, that maybe you're uh, starting to buy uh, as it pertains to this upcoming NFL season. So it is George Kurtz alongside myself, Kevin Walsh, right here on In Game Live. We're getting you guys set for the NFL season, and, of course, we will be previewing all of the games that are to come today, and we will pop our heads in on the live college football board. Keep it right here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back right here on the grid, Kevin Walsh, I'm alongside George Gertz. And George, I, I'm sure I've, uh, I've caught your interest here a bit as I try and talk myself into the Washington football team. Because, George, I know you're a very reasonable person. So I know you will have no issue being like, cut it out. But, George, I just can't help myself. I don't know what's been, this, is, this has kind of been, you know, since uh, late April, early May. There's just aspects of this team that, I'm interested in. I like Dwayne Haskins coming out of Ohio State. And I know we all want to move on and give him Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Jamie Newman, whatever it is. But but I don't. I think he can be good. I'm not going to write somebody off because he had four starts and everybody unanimously agrees he did so without having good weapons. I don't want to do that. And... I think he can take a leap forward this year because your two quarterbacks take a leap forward. I know the skill positions aren't great, but I do like Antonio Gibson. And I think Terry McLaurin's a really, really talented player. And then defensively, Ron Rivera should be able to come in and add some more stability. He is an every-other-year kind of coach, and I think he's now due for a good season, now on the heels of last year's very poor season and ultimately leading to him being fired. And they do have not just like a, oh, that's a good front seven for all things. No, like they have a very good front seven. And, and, you know, we're talking about rookie of the year markets. Like Chase Young at his plus 220 to win defensive rookie of the years probably, uh, you know, will start to feel like a lock when he almost has double-digit sacks. There's all of this talent there on the defensive front. Look, they're going to need help from the top of the NFC probably struggling and slipping up a bit here. But 
I mean, George, am I crazy for even considering that this team could win eight games? I don't know if I'd call you crazy. I don't think that's fair. Uh, at least not about this, anyway. I think when it comes to, <laughs> I think when it comes to Washington, what we like is that the defense is there, right? The defense is there. It's a good defense. You know, the offense is not there. It has question marks all over the place, and that's the issue there. Too many question marks. So, I mean, not only for that, but I'm, uh, I'm pulling up their schedule here too. I want to take a look at that, but also with everything that's going on with the organization. I mean, everything that's going on with the organization, including Ron Rivera a very well-respected coach throughout uh, the NFL. I mean, he, I don't know how much he's going to be with that team. You know, we've, we've heard some stories about how many, what he's going to have to go through with the cancer. I mean, that, I don't know how long he wants to be around them. Uh, if anybody's been watching the ESPN series about Daniel Snyder uh, this week, that's ugly. I mean, that is really ugly. It's not good there. It's just not good there. So uh, hope to see them taking that step this year. You look at offense. I think the first thing Washington has, the most important thing for Washington this season, sort of like the Jets, I think, are in the same boat here. I think there's another team or two. Do you have your quarterback of the future? Is Haskins that guy? You can't judge him off last year. Not fair to judge off a rookie season. But you probably do need to judge it off this year because I think, honestly, you're going to have another top five, top eight pick again. You know, Now, once again, it may not be fair, Kev. You don't have a true running game. I like Gibson as much as anybody else, but you don't have a true workhorse back back there. And if you try to make him that guy, he's not going to last. We have one. I, we love Terry McLaurin. Right? He looks like he could be a wide receiver one. But after that, you have a bunch, bunch of mud against the wall. Let's see what sticks. Sims, Inman, uh, Gandy Golden, Nisi, Johnson. Tight end is the same thing. Thomas, Sprinkle, boy, you don't know what you have here. You really have no idea what you have here. You know, like I said, I love the defense. The defense, I think, is maybe the best in that division. It is that good. The schedule doesn't look all that daunting. I mean, you open up Philadelphia, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore. Man, I mean, it's not great, but it's not terrible either. Well, the end is. Man, their, their last six games are no joy. Dallas, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle, uh, Philadelphia. You, know, you throw Carolina in there. My God, uh, that ending to the season uh, is probably not going to be pretty. But uh, like I said, I don't see it. I think the NFC East is sort of, is crumbling somewhat, which we see. You know, Philadelphia seems to be one one or two more injuries, and the Eagles may be done. And they got a lot of problems. They're probably the most hurt team in the NFL right now, especially if anybody on that offensive line gets hurt. The Giants are anti-Washington. They have the offense, but they can't stop anybody. And bet the overs, the Giants. Bet the overs. All right, gonna be a lot of overs with Giants. Well, Panthers too, by the way. My God, those teams are going to score a lot of points, but they can't stop anyone. You know, the Cowboys are in the best position, but eh, it's the Cowboys. I mean, weird things seem to happen to them. They screw things up on their own. They're good at that. So I get where you're looking. I get where you're looking for uh, why you're looking at Washington. Because if the offense does come together, yeah, sure. But without any true, I mean, I don't trust Haskins. Don't really trust the running game. McLaurin, love him, but there's no one else there. I mean, you double cover McClure and force someone else to beat you. I mean, anyone else to beat you. I don't think this is the, their year, not with all the drama that's going on in Washington. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. It really is It's a comment on Haskins, but it's also a comment on the top of the, the East. As an Eagles fan, I you know I've been saying this, and I'm not a fan who likes to hedge my bets, at least when it comes to the Eagles. I don't have the ability to be like, ah, oh, look, they're going to be terrible, and then, the, you know, oh, look at this, they're good. No, like, I, I think, I mean, I, I bet on them pretty much every single 
every week. I bet them on them when they're down at every single game at the half. I bet on them going into every fourth quarter that they're losing. Uh, it's just what happens. Like they, I, there's no spot I have less self control, at least as it was last year during the football season, than the Philadelphia Eagles. But I am nervous about this. Injury luck's supposed to come back. Apparently, that was the biggest myth I've ever been told. As I sit here with a Yankees pennant above my head, and the Eagles are injured again before the season even starts. So I am worried about this season. Do I think that they can still be real good? Yeah, I do. I think Carson Wentz is that good. I think Doug Peterson's probably still the most underrated head coach in football. I, I, I like some of the pieces that are there. I think Darius Slay was a great addition. But I'm worried it could be a very, very poor season for Philly. I am. And then kind of you said it there, George, and you know, for, for people it'll land more coming from you than me, but Dallas is Dallas. I told you the Cowboys went nine and seven. Your your jaw's not gonna hit the floor. There's a, there's always a universe for the Cowboys to disappointingly be nine and seven. I think we just lost George's audio there for a second. Uh, we will get that settled, and it will come uh, right back shortly. Um, and also, I, what that, I want to hear. I'm back. There I'm you back. go. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, but you good. said the most important thing there about the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They have the same coaching staff. Every other team in this division changed. And this is the wrong year for changes. Wrong year. But no, okay. once again, no mini camps, no training camp, and everything else. I think that's the Eagles' biggest advantage. And uh, I think Doug Peterson is a very good coach. You said one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. I would agree. I, would, I like Doug Peterson. I don't know why. I just like the guy. Uh, he looks like an everyday man, a guy you wouldn't mind having a beer with, right? Uh, hang out with, uh, having dinner with, that kind of guy. But McCarthy with Dallas hasn't, you know, the DAC problems. Uh, he wasn't there in the beginning of camp. Now that could be a problem. Judge with the Giants, we know they have issues. Rivera with the Washington, they have a lot of issues there. So once again, we get what the problems might be here. Philadelphia, for, yes, they have a lot of injury problems, and it's tough. There's nothing more disheartening than when you're hurt. I mean, you and I are Yankee fans, for crying out loud. When you don't have your players available, and there's just nothing more disheartening. It's just, it's just, it's, it's almost soul crushing. Losing is yeah. one thing. Losing because you didn't have your best players, it's just soul crushing. Absolutely soul crushing here. But I give the Eagles an edge there because of that continuity. Because, though, you know, same coaching. He, they know the plays. They don't have to go through anything new here. You don't know what the new coaches are going to do here. And I know McCarthy's been around, but we know Jerry Jones has been around, too. And it's like, ugh, with Dallas. And uh, I think Dallas, is on, on, raw, on paper, I think they're the best team in the division. I think it's by far. I think they're a top three team in the NFC. But it's Dallas. It's Jerry Jones. Things always seem to go, go screwy because he has to get involved there. And uh, we'll wait and see. And I'm not sold on McCarthy being some great guy either. So. First of all, let me just say, I think your continuity at the coaching position point is, is a great one, and also it's pretty much all I needed to hear uh, to remind myself that the Eagles are absolutely winning. Uh, it's, I'm telling you, that's just how easy I can just be talking. Nobody's won this um, division two years in a row in no. 17 years. Sorry. Which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. But just you weird. know what? Yeah, but that is why like, I, I, I feel like sometimes people look down on the NFC East but like for those that are involved in it, like it, it it's just it's a tough division. It is. It, but over the years, there has been a separation. Pretty much every year, the Eagles and the Cowboys are just five and one individual. They split with each other and they beat the other two. It, it's just it's been that way. My reservations with Dallas has been on uh, on both sides of the ball. 
offensive. All the talent in the world. But they had the second best offense by DVOA last year. For those that don't know, DVOA is how you would rate offensive efficiency. That's hard to maintain. Now, they have a great chance of doing it by bringing in CeeDee Lamb and keeping Kevin Moore and Dak and, uh, you know, Amari and different things. But if that even comes back to fifth, sixth, eighth, I would worry because that's still a top 10 offense. But defensively, that's where you start to worry because they did lose defensive pieces. And you take a look at those rankings, George. They were the only team inside the top five. I think maybe the only team inside like the top eight of offensive DVOA that missed the postseason. And it was twofold. It was the fact that the defense left a lot to be desired. I think the Cowboys lost every single game. They didn't score 30 in, which is just like a ridiculous bar to have to put on your on your team. But it did also feel like there were games when you thought the offense would step up. And yeah, Dak got a lot of garbage time against the Chicago Bears, but anybody that watched that game for the first three quarters knows it was an awful performance from that team. I mean, we all know the stats uh, about the Cowboys. There's something about Dak. This was brought up a million times when they're up by the negotiations. Dak against good teams didn't show up last year. Just didn't. I mean, uh, I believe against playoff teams, he was 1-7. and seven. You know, and uh, when I say 1-7, and seven, I don't mean 1-7 and seven with great numbers. They just didn't win the games. I'm talking his QBR was down, his interception to a touchdown rate. Everything was down noticeably. He just didn't play well against good teams. The defense also had issues. Well, yes, no, no breaking news there. The defense had issues really for a couple of years. They had a lot of guys who didn't play well this year. You know, uh, Quinn, the free agent addition, he was actually great. But, you know, Lawrence was quiet on the other side here. You know, they had the injury to uh, Van Layton. That, that certainly hurt there. Uh, the secondary has been a problem forever. Right, really, I mean, for years now. Dallas doesn't address that. At least that doesn't address it hard anyway. So it is what it is, but Dallas is going to rely on the offense this year. And once again, it's the NFL, quarterback-driven league. If Dak wants to get paid a gazillion dollars, this win. <laughs> right? You have all the yeah. pieces. Nobody nobody wants to hear it. It's another 8-8 eight eight season. You want, you know, $40 million a year. You want a contract like the Sean Watson just signed. Actually, I think you want more than that. Then there's no excuse not to make the playoffs. I mean, the offensive line is still, it's not what it was, but it's still top 10. You know, maybe the best wide receiving group in the NFL. You have one of the top three running backs. Win. No one's going to want to hear the excuse there. No one cares. There's no defense on the field this year. Really. You bet. You better win. Yeah. And one thing about the Dallas oh. defense this year, they may have problems in the secondary again. It certainly wouldn't surprise me. But they're going to get at the quarterback. They got pass rushers galore here to go get them. So that theoretically should ease thing up, things up on the secondary. But you don't know. You, you just don't know. I, I have my doubts about Dak as far as the big games. I think it's something I thought you have seen. You mentioned the garbage time uh, uh, numbers in some games. The Bears you brought up. The Bills was another game. He had a lot of garbage time stats there. Uh, you got to win the big games. You got and I'm, when I say win the big games, I mean outside the division. Yeah, he's done. He's split with the Eagles almost every year, so he can beat them once, whatever. Uh, that but that game against the Eagles last year told me a lot about Wentz and a lot about Dak. Wentz won with garbage cans. He had no one to throw to, yet he won that game. Dak had everybody playing against a team that was decimated, and you couldn't beat them. I mean, it's hard for me to, uh, to escape that game. Wentz to, to you know, and Dak are always compared to each other, where it didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're hitting a break. We come back. We're in-game live next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into In Game Live right here on the Sports Grid. Uh, so, George, I want to keep this conversation around the NFL going. I just mentioned how I've managed to talk myself into Washington possibly being a first to worst. Um, I know there's one team that uh, the football full circle uh, crew has been intrigued in uh, in this same vein. Yeah, Mike Blewett and I have been on this for a while. Uh, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if you're of the belief that there's going to be a worst to first team. It happens a lot. Of, it does happen a lot of years. It's a weird. You know, you could, listen, you just go through the teams. None of us have the Jets going worst to first, right? The Jets are probably my favorite under, future under. If they get to six, seven wins, I would be floored. I don't think they get half that, Kevin. All right? I, wow. I, I think that team's – I don't think they want to win. Once again, I think they're a number team. Once you trade Jamal Adams, you don't want to win. So they're not doing it. Cincinnati's not doing it. That's not happening. Jacksonville is certainly not doing it. That's not happening. Um, no one doesn't matter who you, who you like in the AFC West. Kansas City's finishing first in that division, so forget that. We already discussed Washington, where they probably they might be my number two because the division I think is having some problems, but they're not there yet. Carolina's not doing it. I do like Arizona, I really do, Kev. But tough division to go worse to first. Mm-hmm. Seattle, San Fran, 
even the Rams, the Rams would have made the playoffs last year if they would have been that seventh team, that the extra wild card, they would have made it. Which brings me to my favorite, the Detroit Lions. And it's twofold here. One, I think the division, Green Bay sold their soul to win 13 games last year. Sold their soul. <laughs> and they did. And it gets come due. They can't do it the draft. Right? It can't do it the draft. They didn't help Aaron Rodgers at all. Let's go draft the quarterback, and then we'll draft the running back. Guys, you don't, you're not going to use this year. Well, at least you hope you don't use this year. Right? So, I mean, you're weird that you don't help out Aaron Rodgers. They're not winning 13 games. They had free agent defections as well. No, not happening. Minnesota? All right. Granted, uh, we liked it before they made the move here for Yannick. And Agakwe and they traded for him. I liked them, uh, liked them a lot less. That helps out their demons. They needed a pass rusher. All right, so they got that. But you didn't really replace Stefan Diggs yet. We'll see what the rookie wide receiver can do. I'm always of the belief, you and I talked earlier about offensive rookie of the year. It won't be any of the uh, receivers because it takes receivers too long to uh, really get into chemistry, to know the route tree, to the hot receiver, to really get the comfort of the quarterback here, especially, once again, no rookie minicamp, no May minicamp, no June minicamp, blah, 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 blah. So we go on and on with that. So it won't be them. So I don't think uh, – I think Minnesota's going to have trouble. You know, Dalvin Cook also making noise there that he's not happy with the contract situation, especially if these New York running backs keep getting contracts above him. A Kamara would have signed too. That'd be interesting. Uh, Chicago's a joke. Right? Forget, forget the Bears. They're not going anywhere. But it brings me to the Detroit Lions. I like this team. As far as going – it's a bad division in my mind. I think it's the rate – Anybody get the 10, you win the division. You get the double-digit wins, you win that division. I think nine might win that division. All right, so I kind of like the Lions here. I like the moves they've made. You've got a solid running game now, right? you got Swift. you got Johnson. Stafford needs to stay healthy. All right, like Galladay. Uh, I more than like Galladay. I love Galladay. All right, Marvin Jones is an underrated receiver. If you're drafting this weekend, you can get Marvin Jones. Get Marvin Jones. All right, underrated receiver. Amendola, good. They have a solid threesome. Hawkinson at tight end. I like it. Now, you mentioned Slade going to the Eagles. Granted, I didn't like that for Detroit. I don't think you trade a, a cornerback of his ilk. I just don't think you do that. And he's trying Trufant. Trufant was good a couple of years ago. He's probably maybe a slight tick above average now. But the defense as a whole is solid. You know, there's a lot of pressure on this team because, once again, if they don't make the playoffs, I think, uh, you know, it's gonna, that's going to be the ax for Patricia. He's done. They'll move on here. But if I was going to pick a team – to go worst to first, it would be Detroit, in my mind. Would probably Arizona would be two, Washington would be three here. But Detroit is the team I'm looking at here. So if I were to try and argue against Detroit, right, I could go one of two ways. I might try and sell you that this division maybe isn't as down as others believe. That Green Bay, even if they regress, I mean, they won 13 games. If a team loses three more games, 100%. But if a team loses three more games than they did the year before, that's a lot. That's still 10-6. and But I don't know if I really want to sell you on Green Bay because I've never seen a more unenthusiastic offseason maybe in my life. Minnesota was 10-6. and They brought in Yannick Ngakwe. I think that this team might be all right. And put a bullet in them because we're going to talk about some Kirk Cousins player props that I want to, uh, as far as season long. But selling Kirk Cousins, I might struggle to argue you on that. The Chicago Bears yesterday put a knife in my heart because I can't even come on here and say that Nick Foles is going to make this team better because these buffoons still need another month of Mitch Trubisky proving that he is terrible before they finally move on. 
But if I were going to argue against it, it would have nothing to do with those other teams and everything to do with you needing Matt Patricia to be competent to make this happen. It was proven to be nothing other than incompetent during his time. Wanting to run the ball more often. Please, your defensive coach, stop influencing my offense. Please. While also being a clearly terrible defense who only got worse and lost pieces. I can't get around on this Detroit. I get it. I get it. Stafford, Galladay, Marvin, Swift. It's exciting. Hawkinson. Matt Patricia's the head coach. If you buy the Lions, you're buying Matt Patricia. Not for me. I do not have a comeback for this because I agree with you. I don't like Patricia as a head coach either. Uh, I see most of these guys that come from my uh, from New England, uh, except for the in Miami. Actually, I mean, you're trying to buy the next Bill Belichick. It just doesn't happen that way. I know back in the past, you know, you, everyone took Tom Landry's assistant coaches or Jimmy Johnson's or Bill Walsh's, and that worked out well. But uh, this day and age, it might not be quite the same here. And listen, I said I can't I can't argue with you there. You know, I, I'm not trying to say Detroit's in a, a, a Super Bowl contending team. I don't think any team in this division wins a playoff game, which whoever wins, and I don't think any wild card is coming out of this division. So I think it is women's division, fine, you'll get in, and then you're one and done. Uh, that's, that's the way I look at it here. And I said I can't make an argument against, uh, against you from Patricia because I don't trust them either. You know, and I believe it or not, I have one of my best friends. Guys uh, lived in New York his entire life. He's a Detroit Lions fan, and he's always been a Lions fan. I've known him forever. I don't know how he became a Lions fan. I don't know how anybody becomes a Lions fan outside of Detroit. But uh, this is before Barry Sanders, by the way. He's talking Billy Sims, uh, what he grew up with. So, uh, and even he doesn't like Matt Patricia. You know, he, I, I know he wants him gone at the last year. He uh, was annoyed he came back. And it's tough. But, you know what, I also think about, we probably don't like half the, I mean, I'm not a big Mike McCarthy guy. I still think Dallas could be a good team. I hate, always hated Jason Garrett. That was a joke. I don't know if I like most head coach. I don't think I like the head coach of the Cowboys probably since Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Bill Parcells. Okay, I did like Bill Parcells. But, uh, so, I don't want to knock him too much. It's, for me, it's all about the division. No, I don't think anybody got better. I think they all got worse. You know, I think so. They all came down. Minnesota, I mean, you look at this team, and we know Zimmer likes to run the ball. He's, that's why the offensive coordinator got fired the season before last because he wouldn't run the ball enough. Right? He wants to run the ball, and he's going to have to because all you have is Adam Thielen. And he is not a burner who's going to scare people. He can be covered, and they'll have the focus of him. You better hope Justin Jefferson is that guy. Because if he's not that guy, this offense is not going to move. It's just not going to move. Kyle Rudolph is older than dirt. Okay, Irv Smith uh, didn't really show much last year. Maybe something can happen here. And the defense, as we saw last year, was not special. It was special against the Orleans in the playoffs, but it wasn't special otherwise. Didn't play very well. Certainly the secondary is deplorable. So uh, I don't see them – I just don't see them being all that great here. Green Bay, listen, you have Aaron Rodgers, you got a shot. You got a shot. I love Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but he's not the same quarterback he used to be. And they got the same right. problem. You got Devontae Adams, and that's it. Who are you throwing to? Who else are you going to throw to here? I mean, Kevin, come on. You're a defensive coordinator. You're saying you, 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 you. You all cover Devontae Adams. Right. You know, and you, you force Alan Lazard to beat you, Jay Sternberger. Uh, Valdez Scantling, who was once again on the back of a milk carton last year, you know, force these guys to beat you. I, I'm a big believer. This is all sports, by the way. You know, I'm not letting the big guy beat me. 
You know, if they want to beat me, they better have more than one big guy or someone better step up. Devontae Adams is not beating me if I'm uh, going against the, uh, the Green Bay Packers. You know, uh, this reminds me of the Yankees, maybe a little bit before your time, but back in the 90s. If David Ortiz or Manny Ramirez hit one more home run against Joe Torre's Yankees because he wouldn't pitch around and wouldn't walk one, I, would, I think I would have strangled somebody. It's like, oh, Manny hit another home run. Oh, good. We didn't walk him. Outstanding. David Ortiz. Oh, good. Never understood that while you let the big guy beat you and force the little guys to come through. Force the manager to do something to make a move here. Oh, it just drives me insane when I see that. Yeah. No, I mean, and I, I always, I just remember on the back of the paper, who was your daddy uh, with Ortiz? The <laughs> thing is, I never, I never could pull myself to, you know, hate is a strong word, but you know how in fandom of Big Poppy because he's a big guy. I have a soft spot for, uh, for, 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 for big dudes. Like, that's just what it is. So, um, Manny being Manny, what a yeah, what a pain uh, those teams were. Uh, George, we're coming up against another break. Hour number two. Um, again, we're going to have you guys set up here for the rest of these games. We'll, we'll pop over on to this Army game. Army took a seven nothing lead. Uh, I you know I saw some trends there that this team's been pretty poor uh, covering numbers as favorites in week uh, in their opening game. You know there that number was all, only a you know field goal on the hook four. Four and a half, so it was a small number. Maybe live could be a good opportunity for people. But also, I want to continue to talk to George about maybe some teams that we might be buying that others are selling. Right? Everyone, you know, the Lions. It's it's buyer pass. Right? Washington. Nobody's even talking about. Who are the teams that you know people are out on? The rest of the people are out on that. That maybe we're like, ah, I don't know. I think they might surprise because I know I have one in mind, and I'm sure George does. As well, that is one hour down of in-game live. We'll come right back here on the grid for two more hours of fun. It's Kevin Walsh and George Kirch with you guys. Keep it locked on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.